Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a surprise recording of the Turnbuckle Post. I am Johnny Podcast, joined as always by Jesse the Body. Jesse, how you doing, buddy? Uh, doing a little bit better today. Uh, it was a pretty emotional day yesterday. I don't know. I, I went to a new uh, new mindset today. Um, just uh, look to get through the week and just kind of take things with, with uh, my dog by day. People don't know my... Uh, Dog has been having some seizures. I'm not really sure what the issue is. She is old. She's 14 years old, so it may be time to um, to send her on her way. But I'm going to wait and see how things go. She's doing a little bit better today. But, you know, obviously the seizures aren't going to stop. So here soon I'm going to have to make some decisions. But uh, it, it, it's something I, I've, I've got to grapple with. It's something we all, you know, as pet owners have to grapple with, unfortunately. They, they, they don't outlive us, but. Uh, but, yeah. but better day to day after I, you know, put things into perspective and thought about things. Yeah, and and, and like you said, uh, you know, we're we're both big animal lovers, and and you know, we, uh, you know, in our private conversation yesterday, I mean, you made a really good point. You know, we try to make the best life possible, you know, for our animals, and uh, I mean, I know that you've done that. Um, you know, Roxy spent a lot of time at our house, um, and you know, obviously she's played and. and loved on my dogs and uh so she's like one of the family and uh um you know i honestly i'm i'm heartbroken for you and um i know that i know it's tough to to see her struggle but uh i know that um you know it's it's because your your heart is good that you you don't want to see her struggle so uh, i'm glad that she's still with us as we record this and that's that's great news and um obviously you know i, I think you know, if any of our listeners want to like donate to animal shelters or um, some kind of charity like that, I think that would be a good good way to um, you know help Jesse through this time and um, to honor honor Roxy on her way to the Rainbow Bridge, whenever that might be. And yeah, um, it's it's like I said, I, I don't want her, I don't want to keep her longer than I need to because yeah. I don't want her to suffer. But I also don't feel that she's ready to. go. I mean, after the seizures, it takes. A couple of minutes, but then she's okay. So, oh, okay. It's it's only if, if they become more frequent. Like gotcha. I'm going to monitor her the next you know week or two and see how how frequent they are. If they become more frequent, obviously I'm going to have to make that decision. And we're not right. going to replace her right away. We already talked about we'll get another dog, but we're, we're going to yeah. give it a little, little bit of time before we do that because you know we we want to give another dog a, a, a good home. But we're going to wait a wait a little while if if and when. Yeah. Well, not an if, but when we do decide to. Uh, yeah, but to put Roxy to sleep forever. Well, and I didn't mean to make it sound more dire than it was. Um, but no, I mean it, it could be. And, and yesterday it was. I mean, it's it's like I said, it's it's going to be at least over the week or, or next two weeks. Maybe we're going to monitor to see because it, it it could get worse worse in an instant. That's the thing with animals, man. Once they start to go, they decline very rapidly. So yeah. <laughs> you just don't know. It's it, you got to prepare yourself the best you can. Is is all I can say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my, like my mother in law had a. Uh, well, it was my brother-in-law's dog, but it was a St. Bernard that um, all of a sudden he just couldn't walk. Um, and it was like some kind of neurological problem. Um, and they had no choice but to put him down um, because just all of a sudden his legs didn't work. Um, and there was no way that it was going to get better. Um, and that took a toll on them. Um, 
because they they were not ready to part with him. He was he was still pretty young, but um, you know it's 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 a difficult thing to do, but but it's the it's the right thing to do and it's the humane thing to do. And like I told you yesterday, so a lot of times the 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 best things to do are the hardest. And, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, you know, I I'm I'm glad that she's doing better today. That's that's a really good uh, you know piece of news for for me and for our listeners. Um, and so Jesse, uh, there's, there's no great way to segue <laughs> into, into talking about wrestling here, but so, and, and I've kind of seen like our, uh, you know, our listenership has been like the, uh, yodeler on the prices, right? Uh, <laughs> it was doing really good. We were yodeling up the mountainside and then, uh, I, I'm not entirely sure if, if the, uh, retrospectives are not. Uh, the most popular thing or people got tired of hearing soda cans open or dogs bark but listen we're not professional podcasters um, we do this for fun we do this because we love wrestling um, you know obviously we want we want listeners uh, we have our patreon we're trying to get better um, but you know it takes tools it takes things that Jesse and I you know we have you know normal jobs we're not going to go out and buy expensive podcasting equipment so, um, you know, we have that Patreon, we're trying to raise money through it, uh, for charities and then for, you know, to help the show and, um, you know, it, it can only get better with support. So, um, you know, I hope, I hope we get some people back here and, and we're going to go back to the normal format after this episode, we're going to finish up on Jericho. Um, I think I'm going to skip the five today. I don't have anything prepared if that's okay with you. Um, if there's anything you want to talk about off the top of the show, um, we can jump right into that. Um, well, yeah, well, I wanted to talk about the whole. I remember we talked about last week um, uh, the Piper Niven call up, mm-hmm. and um, you know the announcers had to act like they didn't know who she was. Well, this week when I watched Raw, I noticed um, there's already problems developing between her and Eva Marie. Eva Marie um, was introducing her, and you could see Piper behind her saying, "You know, Piper, right? my name's tell him my name is Piper." You know, kind of, kind of mouthing it, and Eva gotcha. Marie just said, "This is Dewdrop." And Piper just had this look on her face, like what? So it was kind of—it's kind of like they're. She's trying to belittle this woman to make herself feel better, you know, like like it is. But I guess some people consider even Marie, even Marie, good looking. I'm not on that boat of people, but I guess it's uh, good looking people. If that's what she thinks of herself, wanting to bring down people that they think are less than them, uh, I think that's where the storyline is going, and I think it's it's already starting to implode where uh, Piper's going to break out drop the do drop name which is freaking horrible and <laughs> go back to to uh piper niven i i think maybe wwe got a lot a lot of backlash from that because piper is very well is a very well respected women's wrestler yeah um that, yeah i agree um you know they sorry i was reading something um so basically, yeah, I mean, and, and I think I think what you're in to circle back to your point about, you know, the, the beautiful people and all those things, um, you know, she's she's also trying to ex- excel without doing the work. Um, I think that's been ingrained in the storyline just in the first two weeks is she's trying to use Piper as her goon and then uh, claim victory for herself. And um, that's a that's a actually very intriguing heel tactic. Um you know, as far as, you know, character development, but, but yeah, I think, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. I think this is a stepping stone for Piper to break out and, and be a huge star um, in her own right. And, and don't get me wrong. Those kind of storylines can work, but it's the yeah. way, I think it's the way WWE went around it for, you know, they introduced Piper with 
the announcer is not wanting to say who she is, even though people who know who she is from NXT UK, it's it's already insulting the intelligence of the audience. And then Eve Marie's playing the same character that she played the first time around. So it's like it's not anything new or, or anything fresh. I mean, it's a story that could work, but I think it's just done with the wrong people. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, I still don't I don't know how you cut that many people and that you bring back someone that, you know, uh, I, I'm just going to say doesn't have the talent that a lot of the people that were cut were, um, unless it's a, a dollars and cents thing, which I totally understand that. But, um, you know, I think there's a lot of better talent out there that could pull this off and, and make a compelling in-ring story and compelling, um, you know, promos. And, and it's just not Eva, um, you know, no, no offense to the person, um, but but as a wrestling character, as a wrestling performer, um, she leaves a lot to be desired. Um, and there hasn't been any significant improvement. Um, so uh, that's kind of my my thought on it. Um, I, the other the other ridiculous thing from Raw um, that I'm just going to segue right into is uh, Nikki Cross showing up as a superhero. Um <laughs> I don't know what Vince's deal is, but he's done this with Neville. He's done this with, uh, he kind of towed the waters with Ricochet a little bit, but thankfully that's behind us now. But now Nikki Cross is getting the, you know, superhero gimmick. Um, and well, it's funny you say that because, uh, from what I've read, and I don't know if you read this or not, uh-huh. Killian, Killian Dane actually came out and said that this was Nikki's idea. Really? That she pitched it. Yeah, I guess she's wanting to do a more positive characters. I mean, it reminds me of Mighty Molly, to be honest, from, uh, you know, yeah. the, the, the Bob Holly days uh, is what kind of reminds me. But I guess, yeah, it was it was kind of her idea. I, but even seeing it, I just don't know if it fits her as a character. She's this wild, out there kind of character. And, and, and maybe that's the point of it. Maybe that's why she's doing the, the superhero thing to show that she's a wild, out there kind of character. I, I don't know. I guess it's a wait and see kind of approach. But from what Killian Dane uh, said in an interview, it was it was her idea that she pitched. Uh, well, I guess I, mean, I guess she tried to get some TV time. I mean, she's she's had some victories the past couple of weeks. They've been giving her some TV time, so maybe this yeah. was a way she thought. Okay, well, they're using me. Let's let's put this out there and let's see if I can get used even more. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's I think that's fair. And I mean, if they're listening to her and and she got something that she wanted to to pitch, uh, you know, got life, you know, gave it life. I think that's, that's good. Uh, that's good for a performer. I'm glad to hear that, you know, they're listening to these ideas and, um, you know, that's one of the constant refrains from people that have left the company is they weren't listened to. Um, and you know, there's two sides to every story and, and not every decision is Vince's decision. Um, but, uh, you know, and like you said, you know, it's one week, maybe, maybe we need to, maybe I need to let it breathe and, um, you know, come back to it and see if, if it's something that appeals to me later on. I just, to me, um, you know, the, the, the cartoon character stuff just is not, not appealing. Um, you know, when the hurricane did it, it was great because he was absolutely committed to the role and, um, you know, he was entertaining as hell and his segments with the rock are still some of my favorite raw segments to this day. Um, but and, and maybe that could be the same thing Nikki's trying to do. Maybe she's trying yeah. to show her her comedic side a little bit. I, I mean, I, I I don't know. It's just it's just a yeah. guess of mine. When I heard it was her idea, it kind of made me re- rethink it, and I was like, okay, maybe she's trying to just show a 
a different side of her that she's not this wild, crazy character that, that people have been seeing and, and wants to reinvent herself. I mean, it's, I, I, I guess it would be a, a wait and see on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard to judge anything in one week. So have you uh, watched Hell in a Cell yet, by the way? I have not. Um, I got caught up on NXT. Um, and if you haven't, I know you have, but listeners, if you haven't watched NXT in your house, uh, do yourself a favor and go watch it. Um, the five way main event is one of the best matches I've ever seen. Um, especially with multi multiple men, um, carrying cross looked absolutely dominant. Um, and it, it made everybody come off looking good. Um, I know in my review and, and my talking about it last week, I wasn't as prepared. Um, I went back and watched it after we got off air and, uh, yeah, just, you know, it, it did everything for everybody, and um, I think there's going to be feuds spinning out of it. But I, but I have not watched Hell in the Cell yet, so I'd, I'd apologize for. Uh, no, I, I was wondering if, if you want to do a show next week, we could do a Hell in a Cell recap and also yeah. a preview for the Great American Bash. The Great American Bash yeah. is taking place in two weeks. It's an NXT special on the USA Network. Um, it is not a takeover, but it, it has some takeover vibes to it as they as they do put on some uh, high, pretty high prolific matches. Uh, until we get to the next takeover, which will be, uh, I believe, a week after or before. I think it's after SummerSlam in August. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I know the they've advertised uh, Cole and O'Reilly are going to hook it up again. Um, MSK is going to defend their tag team championships against uh, Ciampa and Thatcher. Um, I, I don't know if there's anything else that I've seen advertised yet. but Yeah, Candice and Indy are going to defend their tag team titles against the winner of a of a three-way match that's taking place on this coming NXT between um, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and then uh, Zoe Stark and Neil Shirai. So Candice and Indy, Indy will face the winners of that of that triple threat tag team okay. match. So that'd be a good that'd be a good match. Um, so um, and then the only I mean the other thing that was kind of or not kind of it was noteworthy from uh, NXT this past week was uh, Roderick Strong's return to the brand as part of a new stable called the diamond mind or diamond mine, not diamond mind. Um, and, uh, I, I'm not aware of who the other people are. I don't know if you are, um, there's four people. It looks like three and a manager. Um, and you know, Roddy's the only one that I recognized. Well, Tyler Rust was on there for a bit with Malcolm Bivens uh, a little bit last year. Malcolm was on the show. He, he seems like a a pretty good, um, guy to be a manager type. He kind of reminds me of a, gives me a slick Jimmy Hart vibe to him. Okay. Um, so they've been off for a while. I was wondering what happened to them. And now here they, you know, um, Malcolm always called Tyler uh, a diamond in, in the rust, you know, instead of diamond in the rough, he kind of did a play oh, on his name there. So it's maybe how the diamond mine uh, name came out. The other guy, he's a Japanese guy. I'm not too familiar with him and I forget what his name is. Okay. Um, but yeah, it looks like they're, they're it's going to be Roddy's uh, new stable. And I, I'm happy for him. I'm glad that they gave him something to do. You know, he's, he's, He's a, I think he's a pretty underrated member of the Undisputed Era, so I was glad, I'm so glad to see him uh, get a little bit more of a, a renewed push. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then one more thing I wanted to touch on, and then we'll we'll roll right into Jericho here. Um, the uh, I I don't know I, I know you're not a big uh, Dynamite watcher, um, but last uh, Friday's episode kicked off with a uh, UFC style match with Wardlow and Jake Hager. And I've seen some things that are not so positive about it. Um, personally, I really enjoyed it. Um, I just wish they hadn't pulled out 
like Wardlow pulled out some like actual wrestling moves. Um, but otherwise it's, it looked like, uh, you know, a legit fight and, um, it was, it was different and it was unique. And I think it drew like 750,000 viewers live, which at 10 o'clock is pretty, is fairly impressive. Um, I mean, that's a drop in the bucket to a WWE number, but, um, but I, I just I don't know if you saw any anything about it or saw saw any of it, but uh, but I just thought it was a it was a fun unique concept, and uh, hopefully we'll get to see it again with with Hager being such a big part of AEW right now. Well, it kind of sounds like um, the uh, oh the match that Champ and Thatcher had in the in the steel cage. Oh yeah, like yeah. The, the what, what they call that the. Um, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember what it's called. The pit uh, fight or something like that. I, it was it was something yeah. that kind of kind of kind of reminds me of what, of what they did with that. Yeah, and, and I mean, and even if you go back, uh, you know, Joe and Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle had a fantastic uh, and and it was a worked fight, obviously, but obviously, but it looked like a legitimate shoot fight. I want to say it was at a Bound for Glory, but uh, but they they did it probably the best that I've seen, and I'm sure you know if uh, adventurous person can find it on YouTube. Um, that one was great. I mean, we've seen, you know, I think Owen Hart was even in one of these with Ken Shamrock, uh, like, an yeah, the lion's den match. from Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a new concept. Um, it's just, it was a nice, fresh way to start off an episode. And, um, yeah, as you said, Thatcher's done it twice now. Um, he's two and oh against, uh, he beat Riddle on Riddle's way out of NXT. And then, um, obviously he beat Ciampa before they became partners, um, so just, just an interesting, uh, you know, the, you know, MMA and, and wrestling, you know, as much as, you know, MMA tries to act like they don't have anything to do with wrestling. Um, uh, you know, a lot of their matchmaking and a lot of their promos are based out of professional wrestling and, you know, vice versa. We've seen, you know, the MMA influence coming into, um, you know, into professional wrestling. So I think, you know, they're, they're more cousins than they like to, uh, appear, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you got an undefeated, you know, MMA fighter in Jake Hager that uh, they can capitalize on, and I'm glad to see them using him in that in that nature. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it was smart of Dynamite too to kind of start off with something like that because you got mm. that that 10 o'clock viewership. It was a nice hook to yeah know, maybe get people who just started briefly watching at 10 yeah. try to try to keep them invested for the rest of the show. So it was smart. I mean, they're they're, they're kind of learning, you know. But I mean, they're not yeah. going to be in the time slot long. But while no. they're there, they need to do some things to make sure they keep a a viewership for when they do go back to their regular time slot. Absolutely. I think they're going live on Saturday this coming week. And then, yeah, I think they'll be back on Wednesdays uh, the following week, if I'm not mistaken. So, all right. So um, if you're, if you don't have anything else you wanted to add, uh, we're about 20 minutes into the show already. So I want to, we'll get through the rest of Jericho here and uh, we'll call it a day. If that sounds good to you. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Uh, Um, yeah, so so we're we're on Jericho. The last time we left, he um, so we went through his WCW career. We went through some of his time in Japan and Mexico. His WWE career that started in '99 ended in 2005. He then came back in 2007, and then he left again uh, in 2011. And we weren't sure if he was coming back again. He wanted to uh, commit more time to his band Fozzie, as we've talked about. He he plays in a rock band, pretty successful band. We went and seen them. Uh, mm-hmm. They put on a great show. So, um, but I guess he was feeling the itch to come back again. Mm-hmm. And um, people were pretty excited about it. I think it was in November of 2011 they started to promote 
uh, a wrestler's return. We didn't know it was Jericho at first. Yeah. And then yeah. I believe it was on. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, yeah. And then he, he came out and had the, uh, the light up uh, Sammy Hagar jacket and, um, you know, came down to the ring and, and didn't say anything for weeks. Um, just got the crowd pumped and then left uh, without ever actually saying anything. And it, it was it was a good hook. Uh, I don't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, uh, no, no, it was a good hook. I mean, it was the January 2nd episode of Raw that he made his return. And then it was the January 23rd. So about three weeks later when he um, decided to say th- something and his words were, you know, this Sunday at the Royal Rumble, it is going to be the end of the world as you know it. So that was his only thing that he said leading into the Royal Rumble match. I remember me and you watched this Rumble, and we were so excited because we thought, man, you know, they're hyping up. Jer- Jericho's going to win this Rumble. He's going to go on to main event WrestleMania. We thought he deserved it after all the time he, he went into it. I- I'm not mad about who the winner was, but I would rather have seen Jericho. Uh, people don't know. He was the last He was the last one, one of the last two men in the, in the match, but Sheamus and- actually ended up winning that Rumble. Yeah, that – that honestly, uh, I mean, you weren't mad. To, uh, it, it pissed me off um, because, <laughs> you know, they, you know, they were setting this up. We knew we knew he was coming back to feud with Punk. I think that was, you know, once once things got moving and and you started to understand where what Jericho's intentions were, um, you know, you knew that that was the the match made in heaven. And um, you know, instead of capitalizing on it by giving Jericho momentum. Uh, you know, they just, they kind of, you know, limped their way into it. And then as we'll see, it, it wasn't, I mean, their street fight was fantastic, but, um, you know, it didn't pay off the way it should have. Um, you know, Punk was hot and I think they, you know, they handicapped Jericho by having him uh, lose the Royal Rumble. I mean, that would have been, you know, the only time that he's ever won it. And I, and I think actually he was set to win the Rumble, but it got out that he was going to. So, you know, in order to try to surprise everybody, they they changed the finish to having Sheamus. So it's like it was it was disappointing, like I said. And then to go on to see what Sheamus did at WrestleMania, it's like they complete. They, I mean, they, they they didn't need to do. They didn't need to have him win the Rumble to go on to have an 18 second match with an up and coming Daniel Bryan. Yeah, no, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't add anything to to Sheamus's rise, and it, and it. Like I said, it, it took away from what should have been a great Jericho and, and, and Punk program. Um, so, I mean, that's my that's my about it, my grumble about it. And, and you know, when, as soon as you got to talk about that. Um. <laughs> well, it's like it's, and we watched Mania. We were so excited for Mania because we thought, well, Daniel Bryan's finally going to win a title. First match on the show, he loses in 18 seconds. Yeah. And, then, dude, the win just left me and you until yeah. the Hell in a Cell match between Taker and Triple H. We were just kind of spinning our wheels for that next hour after that happened because we were just yeah. in shock that they would do that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just – it was a – it took the – like you said, it took the win right out of our sails. It was like a gut punch. Yeah. Um, so, at, at Elimination Chamber, um, Jericho was a part of that match for the championship, um, and – he actually got kicked out of the um, hell, or I'm sorry, the elimination chamber by Punk. Um, he wasn't. He didn't actually lose the match. I don't think he was just physically removed, um, knocked out, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, and then the following night on Raw, there was a ten man battle royal to decide who's going to face Punk at WrestleMania, and uh, Jericho ended up winning that. So we would get the the Jericho Punk match. They just went 
a different route to get there than what should have been the easiest route, which was to have Jericho win the Rumble. But, yeah, you know, it's apples to oranges. You know, I mean, we, we, we still got it. Um, yeah. I thought the match could have been better, honestly. I, I just – I don't know. Something seemed to be missing from it. I don't mm-hmm. know if you get that same vibe or not. Yeah, it wasn't – I mean, you know – I like I like Punk a lot. I still do. Um, but it, yeah, that match was one not one of his better ones. Um, like I said, I think their follow up at uh, I believe Extreme Rules the the street fight was a lot better. Um, but I, I didn't really even like the way they set up the feud. Um, you know, Jericho had, had been calling himself the best in the world at what he does for for a while. You know, Punk is you know at this point he's the best in the world, and you know. It's not, and they don't set it up about ego. They don't set it up about you know who is who is actually the best. It's a storyline of oh, by the way, Punk's dad was an alcoholic and his sister was a drug addict. Yeah, and and it, it just it that type of crap takes the wind out of my sails too. Um, and it, it just it didn't pay off. I mean, I think honestly, their payback match in like 2015 or not 2015, I guess that was 2015, was better. Um, you know, and it was one that Punk didn't even want to do. Um, so it's just, it's, it's frustrating. Um, and it, I, like you said, it could have delivered, it could have been better, but it just, it didn't hit any mark for me. Um, and I don't, and I might've been a little jaded from, from the uh, opening match with the Daniel well, Bryan. They, they didn't even need to make it that personal. Like you said, the, 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 yeah. the feud was built in with them it, it, having, having an ego where they each say, you know, I'm the best in the world. Instead, they had to make it into this personal thing that it, it just didn't need to be there. It added nothing to it. Yeah. Um, so basically uh, throughout the rest of, so they had the Chicago street fight uh, punk again, defeated Jericho. Um, and then for the next year or so uh, Jericho was just kind of making sporadic appearances. Um, he wasn't a full-time wrestler at this point. Um, it looks like he had some feuds with uh, Dolph Ziggler Um and I mean, not, I don't think there was anything really noteworthy um, going into almost 2016, unless there's something that I'm missing here. No, I mean, he, um, I remember that that's when he brought out the, uh, giving us the gift of Jericho, where he'd say, I give you the gift of Jericho, drink it in, man, and stuff. I mean, he, he yeah. would still have these, these ways to, to keep himself relevant. But I think what really, um, I remember when he had the match with Fandango at WrestleMania 29. Fandango oh was God. super over. And even yeah. the next night on Raw, I mean, he just compl- – and then WWE dropped the ball on that. I mean, they yeah. used Jericho to put Fandango over. He was extremely yeah. over, and then they just completely dropped, dropped the ball on it. Jericho made this – you know, he did what he's supposed to do. He made a new superstar, and WWE dropped the ball with it. Yeah, and that's, that's famously one that he didn't want to do. Um, he threatened to quit because he did not want to put over Fandango. And, um, you know, he ended up, you know, he's a professional. He ended up doing, you know, doing what he was supposed to do. But, uh, you know, I, like you said, Fandango, I mean, it was in popular culture. I mean, they were doing the Fandango dance at, at football games, at basketball games, uh, you know, everywhere. And instead of capitalizing on it, instead of crap on it and, you know, it is that is what it is. There's one other thing I skipped over, and uh, we talk about things that piss me off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> WrestleMania 32. 
Um, there is no way in hell that AJ Styles' first WrestleMania should have been a loss to Chris Jericho. No offense to Chris Jericho. I love the guy to death, but, um, you know, at this point, he was he was not in his best shape. Um, you know, he was in the feud with AJ wasn't really – it was just, you know, Jericho turned on him and they because they were tag team partners. And it was just – it was a kick in the balls really to start off that night. I think that was, the, it was one of the opening matches, if I'm not mistaken. And um, man, I thought, I just thought it was, it could have been better and, and the wrong guy won. And, um, and that's no offense to Jericho, obviously. I mean, I mean, and credit to AJ, he, you know, bounced back from that big time. I mean, he's one of the, yeah. the biggest superstars in WWE, the quickest triple crown winner in history. Yeah. Um, you know, I, yeah, it might not have been a, a good thing to have him lose to Jericho, but right. I thought I thought they had a, had a pretty good match. I thought you know I, I mean Jericho works pretty well with anybody, so it, you know it could have been worse for AJ. But I I, I understand what you're saying where he he yeah. probably should have won won the match. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know this was I think you were getting into the you know this is when Jericho started wearing scarves and calling the fans stupid idiots. Yeah. Um, and that really led into uh, probably his last best storyline um, where he introduced the list of Jericho, which is basically a shit list. <laughs> if you don't get the connotation of the list of Jericho. Go, yeah, I employ anybody to go out there and just look on YouTube and look at one of the, look at one of the promos he does with it because it's just, it made me laugh, man, every time he did because of his delivery. Oh, you know, yeah. he, he'd be talking to fans like, you know what happens? You know, and then you click a pin. You just made the list. Yeah. <laughs> I think he, he'd write something down. It was just hilarious. Oh yeah, there's there's all kinds. Of, there's on uh, YouTube. There's like a freaking half an hour supercut of all the best list of Jericho moments. And like, I think there was one he put the entire crowd on the, on the list. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know what happens when you boo Jericho? You just made the list. Yeah. So, um, so I did, I used to do that to my wife. My wife used to get so annoyed at that. She's like, oh, my God. Every time she'd make me mad, I'd be like, you just made the list. Give me that look. I'm like, yeah, I might be spending that on the couch tonight. (laughs) Hey, at least the couch is comfortable. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, uh, you know. He actually actually brought that out. Um, It was on a September 19th episode of Raw where he felt he was being treated unfairly by the general manager, Mick Foley. So that's when he began the Lester Jericho was um, was in a little brief uh, interaction there with Foley. Yeah, and that that really led to, like I said, the last really great storyline with uh, with Jericho in as as a WWE wrestler. Uh, with uh, he buddied up with Kevin Owens, who was the Universal Champion, um, and Jericho ended up winning the United States title along this time. Um, so the both of them. You know, we're, we're running roughshod. They were, you know, having fun and they were, uh, you know, running at the top of the card, almost like a two man power trip, but funnier. Um, and uh, obviously that led to uh, Jericho accepted a match with Goldberg on Owen's behalf. Um, that pissed Owen's off. Owen's lost his title. Um, I want to say the festival of friendship was before he lost his title, correct? Uh, yeah, I believe so. The Festival yeah. of Friendship. I, I implore anybody to look that up on YouTube because that, that was pretty damn funny. He basically came out. It was a, almost like a This Is Your Life segment for mm-hmm. Kevin Owens. He had a, a, a painting of um, 
like the two angels of, of them touching hands and I had Jericho <laughs> Owens faces on it. And Owens is like, is like, my kids are going to see this. You're not even wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of ri- ridiculous things. And then Kevin gave him a, 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 a present. So Jericho's like, it's a new list. And then when he held it up, you saw on the back where it said the list of KO. And that's yep. where Kevin Owens uh, turned on him. Oh, the best, the best part of the whole segment, though, was Jericho looking at the actual like physical list. And he goes, well, why is my name on this list? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, oh, shit. Like, it was just, uh, you know, your heart dropped. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, Owen had enough. Owen's had enough of it. And um, so uh, they actually. Uh, so uh, I'm sorry. Jericho interfered in the match with Goldberg and helped cost Owens his title. Um, and then they would feud for the uh, United States Championship going into WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I want to talk. I want to talk about this. Um, so Jericho was, you know, he's been with the WWE for 15 years, but he felt that WrestleMania 33 was the final insult. You know, he felt that their match between him and Owens should have been for the Universal Title instead of them, you know, wanting to redo the Goldberg Lesnar match that sucked, you know, 12 years earlier, 12, 15, 12 or 13 years earlier. They decided to put the title on Goldberg to have Lesnar take it. Instead, that should have been, and I, I don't, I want to paraphrase what Jericho said, because um, this was his final straw with the company. He said, originally, that was going to be the main event for the world title, was him and Owens. He said, Owens was the champion, and I was going to beat him in the main event as a babyface. But instead of having Jericho and Owens as the main event, Vince decided to put Goldberg and Lesnar on the main card. Vince said that it's going to be me versus Owens for the world title at WrestleMania, and you're going to win the title. You know, hell yeah. Next week, he doesn't tell me, but I hear that it's changed to Lesnar versus Goldberg for the title. And not only did they take us out of the main event, and once again, just because I was told I have no right to it and things change all the time, I'm a big boy, I can handle it. But to take us from the main event slot and then move us to the second match on the card, on a card that has 12 matches on it, he was like, that. he felt that that was just an insult. Yeah. Um, and actually, if you go back and listen to um, Talk is Jericho when um, he has uh, John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose, on, he talks a lot about that on there as well. Um, just how he's just said by the end of this whole storyline with Owens, he said he was just so exhausted. He said, you know, every day it was, you know, I have to go in and talk to Vince. I have to go in and talk to Vince. And it was just, it burned him out. It burned him out creatively. It burned him out. It burned him out on the wrestling business. And, um, I mean, I think, I think when he left WWE at this point, I think he was not planning on, I mean, at least wrestling again, possibly, uh, at least wrestling again for WWE, but um, but definitely maybe not even wrestling again at all. I don't I don't want to put words in his mouth, but see, and, and I agree. I think looking back on it now, that should have been the main event. It should have been him and Owens for the Universal Title instead of them relying on part timers uh, to carry the the main event of the evening with with the Universal. Which it wasn't the main event of the evening. It probably wouldn't have been anyways. That was Reigns versus Undertaker. But still, right. you know, they should have had that high profile match, especially when. Their feud was one of the best of the year. It was nominated best feud of the year. How do you not yeah. pay that off with that being a world title match? It made no sense to me. Yeah, no, it was it was an absolute insult to to the performers. I mean, I'm you know we're seeing it happen with Owens again. Um, he's you know he's walking away, uh, taking a little break uh, based on what happened at Hell in the Cell. Um, 
just to get away from the wrestling business. And I think, I think he's probably getting creatively frustrated as well. Um, I mean, that's just speculation on my part, but, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're recognized by your peers, you're recognized by wrestling journalists as having the best feud of the year, but you're micromanaged into something that, that wasn't what you intended to build it to. And um, I mean, it's just unfortunate and it's not fair to, to those performers to, to not to have that moment stolen from them. Um, and, you know, that's, it's unfortunate. And, you know, I, I, like you said, part-timers, I mean, even though Jericho is technically a part-timer at this time, uh, you know, they're, they're still, they were so reliant on part-timers that they, they elevated guys that had, you know, really could give less of a shit about the WWE over guys that were really putting in their creative juices and, and really trying to, to make it something watchable and entertaining. Um, so I'm, I'm going on a long tangent there, but. No, I, I mean, yeah, Jericho was kind of a part-timer, but, but him and him and Owens put so much into that feud. They, yeah. they put so much, I mean, they really, really knocked it out of the park and it, and it, you could tell with the, with the entertainment they had with it being feud of the year, mm. you know, it just felt like they should have, have, have had that moment, but yeah, absolutely. So, so that puts, that closes the, closes the door on, on his WWE tenure for now. Um, you know, and we'll never say never with the wrestling business. Um, yeah. So, and, and really this is where Jericho goes from, um, you know, feeling creatively stifled to really, uh, you know, in his own words, you know, finding his love of the wrestling business again, where he's, he's allowed to be Chris Jericho, the professional wrestler. He's allowed to, you know, create and, and do things that he feels are, uh, will help sell tickets. And, um, you know, and that's not just an AEW. Um, his actual first run outside of WWE after his departure was with New Japan. Um, and an Alpha versus Omega uh, feud against Kenny Omega, who was the top drawing star in Japan at that time. Um, and Jericho coming in was a huge, huge deal. Uh, they were, uh, you know, a big deal at Wrestle Kingdom 12. Um, and then... Um, Omega defeated him in their match. Uh, it was actually, it was given five stars and, and it was fantastic. Uh, Jericho, you know, he reverted to some really heel tactics. I mean, he was picking up the camera and flipping, you know, the fans, the bird and, um, and Kenny just went all out to make Jericho look like a million bucks. And uh, it, it really paid off and was, a, I mean, if you could find it on YouTube, it's a fantastic match. Uh, one, one of those up that are up there with like uh, the AJ Shinsuke Nakamura match from over there. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't pretend to be well-versed on New Japan, but, uh, definitely that was one that was, that caught my interest just because Jericho's involvement. Well, I guess um, it was the first, uh, match of Jericho that was ever given a five-star rating from Dave, from, uh, Dave Meltzer from the rest of the Observer really? Newsletter. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty impressive then. Uh, but with Dave, I mean, it has to happen in the Tokyo Dome or it doesn't get five stars. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then, um, after Wrestle Kingdom, um, Jericho embarked on a feud with uh, Tensei Night, or um, I'm going to say this wrong, and I apologize. Tetsuya Naito, uh, the Tranquilo. Uh, he he was in, you know, he's been in the midst of a really big push. Uh, he was world champion and intercontinental champion for a while. Jericho actually took the intercontinental championship of uh, IWGP away from Tensei Naito in a uh, in a match, and then um, he actually lost it back to him at Wrestle Kingdom 13 the following year. Um, 
challenged Kazuchi uh, Okada, um, wrestled uh, Tanahashi, um, and then basically uh, Jericho was kind of around um, at All In. He made his first U.S. appearance um, outside of the WWE since his time in WCW uh, when he attacked uh, Kenny Omega dressed as uh, Penta El Cerro Medio. Um, he held his uh, rock and rager wrestler with uh, a lot of independent wrestling uh, talent that was that year as well. Um, and then, you know, obviously that takes us to the big uh, press conference where we will learn that AEW is Jericho. Um, and Jericho ended up uh, challenging Kenny Omega to see, to go to the finals to crown a, an inaugural AEW champion. In the finals, he defeated uh, Hangman Page, um, and so that that's basically where we're at uh, now. He's he's started his first, uh, I think it's really his first uh, stable, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, the Inner Circle, um, and he's really been used in AEW to help elevate young talent. Um, originally, they they had him at the top of the card, and that's understandable because he was. He's this big star with this great credibility, but but especially recently, he's been he's been very well utilized to um, help put over the younger guys, and uh, I think that's I think that's where he's headed as far as giving back to the wrestling business. Um, I, I know you're not a big uh, AEW guy, so I, I don't know what all your thoughts are on his time in that in that company no. so far. Well, he he made an appearance, like I said, on the Stone Cold podcast. He said that being in AEW, he's allowed. He he got reinterested in the wrestling business again because he's he's allowed more freedom. He's he's allowed he's got creative control with his character, obviously, um, mm. but he has a lot more freedom. He's basically the big big fish in a small pond over there. Whereas in WWE, he was kind of the little fish in a big in a in a big ocean. Yeah. So he's you know the bigger fish in the smaller pond, but he's really helping to to elevate it. He's give, he's given a lot of freedom to to do what he wants to do, like. We talked about before AEW sometimes gives a little too much freedom to maybe right. some of the wrong guys, but I think Jericho uses it, uh, you know, wisely. He's a he's a thirty year veteran. I mean, he's uh, just one of one of the best of the best. And if you're going to start a wrestling company, you know, you why not build it around uh, a guy that's that's been there, done that, and can really help you with your company going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as we close it out here. Uh, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, awards given out by Wrestling Press. Uh, these are all the awards that Jericho has won um, from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, which I believe that's Dave Meltzer's um, uh, publication. Uh, Wrestler of the Year, 2008, 2009, 2019. Best on Interviews, 2003, 2008, 2009, 2019. Best on Interviews of the Decade for the 2000s. Feud of the Year, 2008 versus Shawn Michaels. Match of the Year, 2008 versus Shawn Michaels at a ladder match at No Mercy. Most underrated wrestler, 1999 and 2000. Reader's favorite wrestler, 1999. United States, Canada, MVP, 2019. Most charismatic, 2019. Best box office draw, 2019. Best wrestling book in 2011 for Undisputed, how he became the world champion in 1,372 easy steps. And he was inducted into the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame in 2010. Um, and obviously he's still an active wrestler, so there'll be more accolades to come uh, as his his in-ring career winds down. Um, Jesse, I got to say, you know, in, in doing this, you know, I, I come to find more and more appreciation for these guys going back and looking at 
you know, the long and winding road that, that is their career. And, and, and really, you know, when Chris Jericho says he's the goat, um, you know, I, I don't think he's all the way wrong. Um, you know, obviously well, there's guys I would put ahead of him, but, but not many. And, uh, well, well, and when you look at, it, I mean, we're just, we're, you know, we've done this three episode retrospective on Jericho. We've just done it. We've just focused on his wrestling career. This yeah. isn't focused on what he's done as a rock star. He's been on yeah. television. He's been in films, you know, he's written books. I mean, the, the man has been a jack of all trades where he can pretty much do it all. Wrestling was just a small part of what he was able to accomplish. And I, I think that's, uh, that's pretty amazing for somebody to have an all, all around well career and be successful to, at almost anything that he's put, put his hands in. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I obviously, I have my fingers in a lot of things and a lot of, a lot of different projects and things like that. And I, I, I absolutely credit Chris Jericho as an inspiration for that. Um, you know, because his attitude is why not, why not have all of it? Um, and, you know, and not only have all of it, but, but give a hundred percent effort to all of it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a hard thing for, for a person to do, but, but I, I credit him as an inspiration to myself, um, you know, to try to, to try to accomplish those things. Uh, obviously I'm not a rock star or, a you know, greatest of all time wrestler. I'm not making that comparison, but, but I, I think, you know, everyday people can take inspiration from, you know, you don't have to settle for one thing. You can go for whatever makes you happy. And uh, I, I give Jericho a hundred percent credit for that. So. Yeah, I, I absolutely. And, you know, he's written his fifth book. I just want to plug real quick uh, is actually going to be the complete list. It's called the complete list of Jericho. Yeah. But, it, but it's every match that he's ever had like two, 2,700 and some matches, but it's going to be a listing of every match that he's ever had with his thoughts. I'm really interested in it. I'd like to pick yeah. up the book and, and definitely look at it to see it, it, that, that he's able to keep, he's able to document every match that he's ever had. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I was going to talk about that too. I'm, I'm actually very interested in seeing that. Um, I, I've looked at excerpts from it and, um, it, you know, he has little anecdotes and he, you know, he talks about different, you know, there's, there's a whole big couple pages he does about Sammy Guevara um you know and then there's stuff he talks about with wwe um it's a, it's a all-encompassing and i think it'll be a very very interesting read i think if you pre-order it, it's like 30 bucks but when it goes on sale live i think it's like 45 um so it's going to be a big book um but but definitely probably worth the worth the sticker price um and then one more thing i want to plug and this this isn't related to chris jericho well i mean if you want to watch the stone cold podcast with chris jericho on it um, on Peacock, you'll be able to do that on Amazon Fire Stick uh, starting today, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah, they're moving to the Fire Stick. So yeah, so finally, uh, my long national nightmare is over. <laughs> <laughs> no more watching Peacock on my Apple devices. So <laughs> I'm very excited about that. But uh, but that you know that's neither here nor there. I just wanted to add that. Uh, I meant to talk about it earlier, and I just forgot. So. Um, Jesse, do you have any more parting thoughts you want to you want to get out before we uh, put a cap on Chris Jericho? Uh, no, like I said, um, it's, it's been really fun looking back at that, and and really it's made me appreciate Jericho. More. I got his first two books. I want I now want to go out and get his his last two books, and then of course I'll get the uh, complete list of of uh, Jericho when it comes out. Uh, you know, like like he like you said, Jericho's just just an inspiration to anybody. You know that if you you have dreams, just, just go out and grab them and, and get them to the best of your ability. I think, you know, he's, he's even said he's been extremely lucky. 
you know, to have the good fortune that he's had. You know, not many people have been able to do everything that he's able to do as successful as he's been able to do it. So he he credits, you know, the talent that he has, but also a lot of luck being in the right places at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like you said, we've only really scratched the, you know, the surface of the iceberg for, for Chris Jericho. And, um, you know, if we wanted to, we could make this a gigantic, you know, omnibus series of, you know, everything he's ever done. But I think for our, for our listeners sake and for our own mental state, uh, we'll, we'll keep it to what we've combined into three episodes, but, uh, Jesse, I'll let you tell everybody the, your, your normal parting thoughts and wisdom, and then we will call it a night. All right. Sounds good. Uh, everybody, um, if, if we don't do one next week, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll return the week after, but I want to try to return next week to have, to talk about Hell in a Cell and do a, mm-hmm. a NXT preview for the Great American Bash, if you're up for that. Yeah. Um, and then we will uh, go back to the the, the five and then the, the wrestling rubbish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everybody, uh, be careful, be safe. You know, we're getting to the point now where uh, in about a month, we're going to have live fans back at the arenas again. I'm, I'm very excited for that because I think it will definitely change the perception of the shows. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, good night, everybody. And we'll see you hopefully next week. All right. Er- good night, everyone.